How then can you ask, show us the Father? <laughs> when you've read the Scripture, this is what gets me. When you've read the Scripture, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. How can you ask, is there another baptism? That's the only saving name. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Baptized how? In his name. I'm thankful I know his name today. The one that loved me and gave himself for me, that died for my sins. More than just believing, but obeying the scripture. Obeying the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I'm thankful for it today. Amen. And I'm thankful for living this life today that Jesus has given me. And it would be a sad state of affairs to wake up and not be able to remember the name of Jesus. You know, we have people today, it's, it's a horrible, horrible disease when Alzheimer's and people forget names. But I've heard of so many stories that even though they may not remember families' names, they could still remember the name of Jesus. I don't want to ever forget that name because I'm going to need it every day until he comes back. I'm thankful for the name of Jesus today. Give him one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you today. Jesus loves you today. John chapter 6 and verse 60. I'm going to start there. Thankful for our choir and our music today. Doing what they do. Appreciate them so much. Thankful for my wife being able to be here. She's going to go take care of our daughter. She's at home very sick, and she's going to take care of her. And We'll continue to pray. Hopefully she's going to get home, and she's going to say, I'm better because we've prayed in Jesus' name. John 6 and 60. The Lord had just finished revealing to them and declaring that he is the bread that came down from heaven, preaching to the people, and says, after they had heard these things, many of his disciples said, this is hard, and who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? What, and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up to where he was before, it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that should believe not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, or he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Well, that's sad. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. I want to preach on this for just a few moments. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Let's lift our hands and pray. Ask God to, to bless the preacher today. 
the preaching of his word. Lord, we thank you today for the presence we felt, for the power that comes in that wonderful name. And Lord, today I ask you to help me now. Lord, fill my mouth with words to preach to your people, to feed this great church. Let us all be changed and blessed. Lord, let us grab hold of this word and hide it in our heart, Lord. We want to be ready to meet you one day when you come. We want to keep walking forward. We want to keep serving you. So bless today, Lord, all that hear this word in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And then tell your neighbor, you better not go back. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Well, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice to live for God, and it's a choice to keep living for God. I want to talk today. I was, I, I kind of have a, a, a rule I try to follow when I'm preaching, especially on Sunday mornings, that I want to preach to those who, who need, and, and sometimes we have people who don't even know the Lord that come into our midst, and we want to preach to them. And, and, but today I could not get away from this. Uh, I'm not going back. I want to preach to the church today. And if I had one thing that I could say to the saints of God today, to the church, to wherever you are in your faith and in your walk, if I could say this and even warn you with this today, it would be these three words, don't go back. Jesus, in this uh, story here, in this narrative, after the Lord had expressed some requirements of being his disciple and following him and being one with him, people said, this is too hard. I can't, I can't deal with this. And from that time, many of his disciples went back. Went back. Can you imagine walking with Jesus on this earth, seeing all he's done, Experience and being there with all he has provided, then go back. Jesus referred to them as going away. He looked at the 12 and he said, will you also go away? Whenever you go back, you go away. You can't go back and still be in relationship with the Lord. Hello, I know this is serious. Come on. You can't go back and still be in relationship with the Lord. He said, if you go back, you go away. And when you go away, you separate yourself from something. You, you begin to move and put distance between uh, yourself and him. And Jesus is asking the 12 who have walked with him, will you also go away? Because if you go back to where I found you, if you go back to things that you were doing before you started walking with me, you're going away. Because I called you for a purpose. I called you out of darkness into marvelous light. I called you into ministry. I, I called you to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. I called you for a purpose. And I, I want to be like the psalmist when he was uh, caught in his sin and he was in a time of repentance that he said, cast me not away from your presence. I don't want to be away from Jesus. Come on, somebody. We pray for our prodigals. Prodigals are not people that don't know God. 
There are people that have known him, that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and somehow found themselves back outside of the house of God. And we've talked about prodigal prevention. Well, let me tell you one uh, big thing of prodigal prevention. It starts with the prodigal himself by saying, I won't walk away. I won't go back, but I have made up my mind to stay with him, to serve him, to live for him. Come on, to stay in a relationship with the Lord. And this is why Peter has his answer. He said, where or to whom would we go? What could I possibly? There's nothing that compares to this life of walking with you. Hey, I know better than anybody, Jesus. I know how to make mistakes. I'm Peter. You know, you know how I am with my mouth and how quick I am to say things and do things that are wrong. But I'm telling you, there ain't nothing ever that I ever experienced before or since that would make me want to walk away from you. What I know about relationship is this, is it takes commitment. Any relationship, boyfriend and girlfriend, commitment. Husband and wife, commitment. If there's no commitment, there's no relationship. I ain't even talking about bad relationship. I'm talking about there is no relationship. And when commitment starts to fade and it starts to grow cold and and commitment begins to lose our importance, we are in danger, real danger of going back. That's why it's so important that you make your mind up. Be like Psalmist Psalm 57 and 7 said, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. Uh, Let me tell you, I'm going to be trusting in the Lord through the good times and through the bad times. It might be hard sometimes the things that we have to walk through. And it might even be hard sometimes the things we have to hear out of the scripture and out out of the word of God. But let me tell you, there is nothing so hard. There is nothing that anybody could say that would make me walk away from the Lord. That would cause me to go back to the time that I didn't know him. For me to go back to a time where if I were to call on him, he would not hear. The scripture says God does not hear the prayer of sinners, but if anyone be a worshiper, him, God, will hear. And I, I will never find myself back in a place where I don't have access to the throne room. I don't want to ever find myself in a place where uh, the Lord is not watching over me and protecting me. I don't want to walk away after I've spent so much time with him. These were not people that he had just met uh, a day before. They had walked with him for years, covered a lot of ground, been a lot of miles with him. He called them for a purpose. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to do something in your life. And, And just because I said something that bothered your flesh, you're going to walk away? So he turns and looks at the 12. Will you also walk away? Where would we go? I hope that today in your spirit, that's the way you feel and that's the answer you have. If the Lord were to ask you right now, are you going to walk away? That you would say, where would I go? To whom would I go? Oh, he's been better to you than anybody's ever been to you. He loved you and saved you. He's rescued you, delivered you. He's kept you. He's provided for you. Why would you ever think of walking away from God? I'm trying to talk to you today, church, because I know that in this life there'll be an opportunity. I know that in these days there'll be chances and opportunities for you to turn around and walk somewhere else. There'll be all these other things trying to get your attention, trying to get your affection 
trying to get you to turn and look at at, at them and say, go this way and go that way. But I'm telling you, you stay with your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's still the author and the finisher of your faith. In Deuteronomy 4 and 4, Moses was talking to Israel. He said, so many of the people have gone and followed after Baal. But when they did, it destroyed them. He said, but you that did cleave unto the Lord, your God, you are alive, every one of you this day. Let me tell you, your best chance of survival is to cleave to God. That's not, that's not a limp handshake. That's not barely holding on. That's grabbing a hold of something with a determination. I'm not letting go of God. I know we get caught up today and we can get busy in so many things, but don't you ever turn loose of the Lord. There is not a more important relationship in your life in this world today. It's important for you. It's important for your family. It's important for this world. Somebody's got to be found holding on to God. And if the church is back and forth and back and forth, how are they going to ever know what God can really do? But when we stand and say, there might be many walking away, but I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve him in righteousness and holiness. And I don't care what the world says about it. I'm not going back. Joshua, as he brought Israel into the promised land, and he knew that there were still enemies in that land. Even though it was the land of promise, there were still things that could hurt the people of God, if they let it. It was a choice. But he told them, he said, you need to cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. He said, you made it this far hanging on to God. And if you want to make it and continue on, you better keep hanging on to God. But cleave unto the Lord your God. Let me tell you, you didn't start out in the flesh. You weren't made perfect in the flesh, uh, but you started in the spirit, and you're made perfect by the spirit. You got this far hanging on to God, then you keep hanging on to God. Don't say it's a new age, pastor. It, you know, this is a new time. Oh, hush. <laughs> you know, the world's different than it was in those days, but God ain't different. And his word ain't different. And his power ain't different. And his name ain't different. And his purpose ain't different for the church. He still wants to get them into the promised land. He still wants to get us into a land flowing with milk and honey. And it's not going to happen if we don't hang on to him. I'm not going back, but I'm holding on to the Lord. In every place, just like the promised land, there will be opportunities in this world. Temptations. But the Lord said, with every temptation, I'll make a way of escape that you're able to bear it. We must not give in. We must not go back. There is, you listen, there is no time to play around with walking away. Because we're not in control of time. So we play around with the Lord like we're in control of time but we're not because he said no man knoweth the day or the hour when the son of man will return no, we don't know when he's coming back in, in 2 Peter chapter 3 in verses 10 and 11 he said but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night 
The heavens will pass away with a great noise. Elements melt with fervent heat in the earth also in the works that are therein. They're going to be burned up. So seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? How should I be acting? I tell you, I, I should be acting. I should be holding on to God. I should be staying with him. I should be living my life like I'm supposed to by the word of God. I ain't got time to play around because there's a thief coming. And it ain't that evil thief. It's the one that's going to steal our souls away out of this land. It's the one that's going to catch us away and get us out of this old dark world. It's the Savior. It's the King of Kings. He's coming back, but he's coming like a thief in the night. But I don't have to be afraid if I'm ready. But honey, let me tell you, if you turn around and go back to where he called you from, then be afraid, be very afraid. Because let me tell you, we've got to be ready with our lamps trimmed, with oil in the lamp. We've got to be ready when that cry goes out because he's coming back one day. When the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish, when the cry went out, Five of them had to go back because they didn't have what they needed where they were. But Joshua said, you got this far cleaving to God, so you keep on cleaving. Five of them knew we got this far with oil in our lamp. We're going to keep oil in our lamp. I'm not going to try to go back and find something to fix me after the Lord has already come and got his people. I won't be taking a chance that I'll be able to do that. See, we think, well, you know, you, you just, well, if you get left, oh, my God, if you ever think, well, if I get left, I'll do this. What in the world is going through your mind? It never enters my mind. This is what I'll do if I get left. I don't believe the human mind could handle the concept of realizing that they have been left. I don't think that you could handle it. You say, I would never hurt myself. You don't know what you'd do if you knew that Jesus came back and you were left. I don't want to find myself in that place. I'm not going back. I can't play around with this because Jesus is coming back. What if he comes back today? Come on. What if he comes back in the next five minutes? We could put that five-minute countdown back up there and let it be counting down. And you just think, what if when that thing hits zero, that's it? We don't know the day or the hour. But I will tell you this. Jesus said in the last days it would be like the days of Lot. And then he reminded the people in Luke 17 and 32, remember Lot's wife. You know what I remember about Lot's wife? I remember that God was merciful and pulled her out of that evil city. And he gave her words of salvation. Flee to the mountains, only don't look behind you. But you know what Genesis 19 and 26 says? It says, but she looked back. I don't want to be looking back. I don't want to be going back. I'm going to remember, I don't, I don't know Lot's wife's name. I don't know her age. I don't know her hair color. I don't know anything about her except she looked back. And that's a warning for the church today. You don't know the day or the hour. And if you keep looking back, you're going to have opportunity to go back. I don't want to be looking back at the place that he brought me out of. Ah. I won't go back. I can't go back if I want to stay saved. I've got to hold on to what God has given me. Let me tell you, Saint, he loved you and died for you and shed his blood for you. 
filled you with the Holy Ghost. And you may not be a pastor or a preacher or evangelist, but that don't matter. That's not everybody, but you are a saint of the living God. And just like me and just like anybody else, he wants to see you in heaven. He went away to prepare a place. He's expecting you. But he's not. It's going to be a sad case for those that have turned back because it didn't matter. The Bible says that Lot vexed his righteous soul. He, God counted him as righteous and it didn't matter that Lot was righteous. He couldn't save his wife if she decided to look back. That's why I said before, it's a choice. But if you just choose and make up your mind today, this day, I'm going to serve the Lord. I might slip and fall. I might make some mistakes, but I ain't turning back. If I fall, I've said this before, if I fall, I'm falling forward because that's the way I'm walking. I'm not going to be falling facing that way. I'm going to be falling facing him. When I fall down on my face, it's because I fell forward so I can get up and keep walking in the right direction. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to what God brought me out of. I'm not going to turn my back on the Savior. Who would I go to? Where would I be? In Luke chapter 9 and verse 61, Jesus is calling people to follow him. The Lord called him and said, follow me. He said, Lord, I will follow you. He made a decision. I will follow you, but ain't no buts with this. Oh, oh, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me go back. Let me go home. Let me go bid them farewell that are at home. And Jesus said, no man, having put in his hand to the plow. You made a decision. You said, I'll follow you. And no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I don't have to look back. I can remember where God brought me from. I don't have to turn around and look back to where he brought me from. I don't have to be looking into those things that he delivered me from. Let me tell you, you start staring at those things that God brought you out of, and your flesh is going to say, ooh, now that wasn't so bad. Maybe we can go back and get that and bring it forward. Don't you go back. Don't you, don't you go try to pull nothing out of that grave. Don't go try to pull nothing out of that watery grave. Out of, don't be a grave robber. Don't be getting things from that dead man's life and trying to bring them forward. It won't work. We're not going back. If I said I'll follow you, then I'm going to follow you. If I turn around and start walking back, I lose sight of him. Because he's not going that way. He's going that way. I'm not going back. Jesus is not going to say, well done, if I don't do well. Sister Mangan said that a few years ago and that because of the times, and I have never forgot it. Oh, my goodness, that we sing about it. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, but he will not say, well done, if I have not done well. And going back, ain't, ain't, that's not doing well. I can't go back. So Jesus asked the 12, will you also go away? Peter says, to whom? To whom shall we go? You've got the words to eternal life. But he called him Lord. I think that's a big part of, of moving forward and keeping your eyes on him is keeping the relationship right. Lord, to whom would we go? You're not just a friend, some man, some prophet, some teacher. 
You're my Lord. You're the Savior. You're my Deliverer. You're my healer. You're my king. You're, you, you've been with me when I was all alone. You've helped me at my darkest times. You're, you're my Lord. I'm in subjection to you. You're, you're the ruler of my life. And Lord, to whom shall I go? Nobody else can feel this relationship. Nobody else can feel the spot in my life that you are. You're before all things. He has to be. He's got to be first. And before all things, he's the first and the last. He's not going to take second place in your life or mine. If he's the first and the last, he, he said, I'm going to be all of it. or I'm not going to be any of it. Amen. He is my Lord. He found me and he called me when I was useless, when I was worthless and dead in my sins. I am committed to Jesus. I cannot walk away from my hope. I cannot walk away from my love, my Savior, my friend, my help. He's my strong tower. He is my Lord and my God. Those words he said. Will, I don't even want him to think that I'm thinking that. Will you also go away? I'm not putting any distance between me and God. The Bible says draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to you. I'm trying to get closer to God. But when he said, will you go away, I just think distance, separation, then isolation. Away from him is away from life. Away from him is away from hope. Away from him is away from an answer. Come on, away from him is away from the Savior. It's away from the healer, the deliverer. Who else can fill that role? Who else do you think? Let me tell you, there ain't a guy or a girl. There ain't a, ain't a politician, there ain't a man, there ain't a woman alive on this planet. There ain't a king or a queen on this planet. There ain't nobody. No, I don't care how rich they are. I don't care what they're president of. I don't care who they are. They cannot take the place of Jesus. They cannot take the place of the Lord. All they can do on their best day is maybe give you something that satisfies your flesh, but they will never save your soul. Ain't nobody can fill your place, Lord. We've got to have you. Paul said, if I build again the things that I have destroyed, I destroyed them when I obeyed him. When I came to the Lord, when I repented of my sins, was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says we mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit. I have destroyed some things in my life when I came to God. And if I start putting the pieces back together, then I become a transgressor. You know, all these people that say, well, I'm still doing the same things I did, but I'm saved. You're not. Because it said you're a transgressor. Well, who are you transgressing against? Other people, other people don't care because they can't save you. That's transgression against God. One place he said that judgment will begin first at the house of God. It's going to begin with us first. He's going to look to his people. Where are you at? Where's your heart at? Are you still following me or have you gone away? Have you walked back? Have you turned around? I don't want to be lost in the house like someone was talking the other day. I don't want to be that lost coin in the house. I don't want to be lost. I want to make sure that I'm living my life for him, following him every step of the way. 
You listen to this preacher because he knows a few things. And I'm telling you what, saint of any age, don't think that the enemy has forgot about you. That he's not still after you. You may feel good in your walk with God, and that's great. You ought to have confidence in it. But if you think that he ain't just waiting for you to get a little weak, if he ain't waiting for something to happen to trip you up where he can pile on the tragedy, anything he can to get you to turn away, then you're wrong because he loves to kick you while you're down. You better make up your mind. My heart is fixed. You better make up your mind. I'm walking with God. It doesn't matter. You better get, get like Job and get that resolve and say, I will not let go of my integrity, but I'm going to serve the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to st- keep going till I see God. Always going to be an opportunity for you to walk away from your commitment, but it will never be worth it. It will never be worth it. In Mark chapter 8, in verse 34, it says he called his, the people, and then he called his disciples with them also, the ones that followed him. And he is reminding them, whosoever will come after me. It still applies. Even after you've made the decision, you've got to keep making that decision every day. It's like someone who enlists in the military. They sign up for a length of time. If you decide in two weeks, hey, this ain't for me, and then you just leave, you're AWOL, and you're in trouble. You don't just go because now you're under the, the military. You're under them. They, I'm sure many a drill sergeant has said, we own you. Well, he owns me, and I don't get to just walk away because I feel like it. He said, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. When you try to hold on to the things of your life in this world, then you're going to lose your life. He said, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? He's he's talking to the disciples. Because you're going to have opportunity to exchange what you've got with God for something else. All the devil offered it to Jesus in the wilderness. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. I know you're hungry. Eat. Can't live by, won't live by bread alone, live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's written. Well, I'll tell you what, just bow down and worship me, and I'll give you all this stuff. Well, that's, I have the power to do it. It's given unto me to give you all these things. He said, I can make that exchange if you'll just fall down and worship me. If he'll do that to the Son of God, he'll do it to the sons of God. Come on. He's going to offer you something. He's going to try to exchange it and and paint it like it's better. It ain't better. It'll never be better. You stick with it. What would it profit a man if he could gain the whole world? Because the whole world can't save your soul. When something tries to come between you and your walk with God, get rid of it. Let it go. 
What would it profit a man if he gained the whole? Do you hear what I'm saying? The whole world. You think about if I was king of the world, wouldn't matter. You'd still be lost if you traded your soul for it. If you had to walk away from God to have it, it wouldn't mean anything. Oh, all my bills be gone and I won't have any bills. Yeah, but you're lost. I'll have all the money I ever need. I'll have all the riches I desire, all the material things I could want. But you would still be lost. It ain't worth it. I don't want to be lost. Let me tell you, he said, if you lose your life, you'll save it. So you, we're supposed to lose that life. You know, when we lose something, the only way to find it is go looking for it. Stop going around looking for the life that you lost. Yeah, the only way to get it back is to go looking for it. You didn't just, oh, look what I ran into. You didn't run into it unless you was going the wrong way. Because you left that behind you. If you ran into your old life, it's because you did a U-turn. Hello, somebody. I'm not going back. I can't go back. There's too many things to be won. We We used to sing songs about it. About that, I won't go back. I'm not going back now. I won't turn back now. All kind of things. Just I've come too far to to, to fail him now. Uh, uh, you know, I've come too far to break my vow. I'm not going back. I was listening to a song this morning. It's just some of my music I like, but it said to li- to live your life, you've got to lose it. But then he said, all the losers get a crown. Come on, <laughs> yeah. It's got to be the right kind of loser. He said, all the losers, if you lose your life, you save it. So all them losers in heaven going to be getting a crown and a robe. Who are these? That's the losers. The what? Yeah, that's the losers. They lost their life. They didn't love their life unto death. They, they put it behind. They, got, they walked away from it, and they followed me. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, and they kept serving God. You can come to the music, brother, if you'll stand with me. I know I'm not very long today, but I, I had to preach and get this out to the church today. I had to get this to somebody today. I needed somebody to hear this. You know, relationships take commitment. And sometimes in our relationships, we recommit. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's good. I know that this kind of tradition, sometimes people after so many years of marriage, they will renew their vows. It's not because the first vows are not still valid. It's just they're like, I just want you to know that I still mean every word of it. I said it 25 years ago. I still mean it today. It's a, almost like a recommitment. you know. Just, just so you know, if it's another 25 years, it's you and me staying with you. Sometimes we do that with the Lord. I have people sometimes, they come, they want to be, you know, they, Pastor, will you rebaptize me? It's not because their first baptism didn't work. They just feel like making a commitment. This is for them, and I tell them as such, this doesn't do anything magic. This is you deciding, hey, I'm just recommitting myself, which is good, and that's a good step of faith. But uh, once you're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins once, at one time it works, just so you know. After that, all you've got to do is confess your faults, and he'll forgive you 
but I don't, I don't hinder them. If they want to do that, it's, I'll do it. I don't mind baptizing them. I want to make sure that every day, like I said, any relationship, your spouse, friendships, whatever, it's a daily commitment. Every day, I'm, yeah, I'm still your friend. I'm still your husband. I'm still your wife. I still love you today. Recommitting all the time. Affirming. I want to make sure he knows every day. Not just because I say it, but because he sees me living it. Because let me tell you something. Your brother and sister might not see it. Your pastor might not see it. But Jesus sees it. Hello. People try to use that. Jesus knows my heart like to, to wiggle out of things, but that ought to scare you more than anything into acting right. That ought to tighten you up quicker than anything, knowing that he sees every motive. I want at the end of my days, whether it be through the rapture or through the dead in Christ rising first, whichever way it happens, I want to have the same testimony that Paul had in 2 Timothy 4. He was writing to, to Timothy and he had already told him, look, Timothy, you, you watch in everything, you watch in all things, you endure in afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry, you keep going. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. He's not begging, crying, pleading, asking for more years because he says, I'm ready to be offered. For I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So all the losers get a crown. Paul said of his life prior to Jesus, he said, I was cheapest of sinners. When he became an apostle, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. But there ain't nothing that I ever was or that I am now that's going to stop me from forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to the things in front. I'm trying to win Christ. I'm trying to make it all the way home. I've got to get there. I wonder today if the church, if the saints could come and find a place in this altar and just maybe today recommit yourself to God. Reaffirm, Lord, I'm here for all of it. I started following you I'm going to keep on following you. If you feel like maybe you've stalled out a little bit, maybe, it's, maybe your commitment's gotten a little cold, well, today, why don't you come and say, Lord, I'm ready to fire this back up. Because the good thing is, is while there is time, we can still come to God. We can still say, Lord, it's my desire to serve you. It's my desire to live for you. Would you come and pray, saints? And if you can't come down, would you pray at your seats for a moment? Just recommit yourself to God. Surrender that, that soul. Surrender that will one more time. Let the Lord know, I'm here for you. I'm here to serve you, Lord.
Let's pray.
I know we do this sometimes, and I think today would be just a great time because nobody likes to feel like they're in this thing alone, and we're not. Would you get somebody by the hand, find somebody and take them by the hand and lift that hand to heaven? And I want you to pray for them that they'll have a mindset that they would, I want you to pray for the one beside you. Lord, don't let them ever turn back. Don't let them ever turn back. Come on, we're in this thing together. In the name of Jesus, our heart is fixed. Our eyes are on you, Lord, and we're going to keep walking on this straight and narrow. Lord, we're going to serve you in that calling that you've placed on our life. Lord, we're going to be holy because you're holy. Oh, God, we're going to live upright before you and serve you in sincerity and truth, God. We're going to cleave to you today, oh, God. Lord, we're going to walk in your word and live by your word and serve you by your word. Oh, we're going to keep walking forward. Hallelujah. Lord, we're going to put more distance between us and that past, oh, God. There ain't nobody that can take your place, Lord, and we're going to serve you. While they sing this one more time, let's sing it. Sing it to the Lord if you know it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Just lift the voice of worship to him for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, just let the Holy Ghost talk for a moment. Hallelujah. Let that Spirit of the Lord talk just a moment. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Thank you. Oh, we're so thankful for you, Lord. So thankful. The Lord's so good, so mindful. Make your mind up. Go out of this house today and serve the Lord with gladness and 
be faithful. He's going to be faithful to you. I can promise you that. Praise God. Don't forget prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Pray for those that were not here, those that are sick. If you get a chance, maybe give them a text or a phone call. Just let them know you're thinking about them. Always makes you feel better when people are praying for you. Just let them know. Let them know you love them. And we'll see you tomorrow night, the Lord willing. God bless you in Jesus' name. You can be dismissed.